This episode is sponsored by our new advertiser, Generate Life Sciences, and we are looking forward to working with them over the next few weeks. It's very exciting to have them on board, helping to make our show a possibility. Thank you, Generate Life Sciences. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. <laughs> I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me sure. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad. Thing. We're not ruining these little humans. Not for the gay reason. Just <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us again. Here we are. We only have two more episodes after this one, and then we're on a three-week break for the holidays, The holidays. But that, holidays. Doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we're leaving you high and dry, guys, because there is a whole backload of episodes you can listen to, over 100 to be precise. And you can always catch up. Take this time to catch up or read our book or listen to our audiobook. I mean, there's so many things. Yeah. And we're going to still be doing <laughs> dumb things on social. So always. we're going to be everywhere. We are everywhere. Speaking mm-hmm. of social, Jamie, we got a, mm-hmm. an email from a listener. We Should we share it? Let's share it. because she's A little voice up, memo? She brings up a very good and valid point. Okay. Here we go. Helen! Helen! Hello, Robin and Jamie and Helen. I've been listening to your podcast since the beginning, and I really enjoy it. I really appreciate hearing all of the different stories and perspectives. And I wanted to call and share my own perspective, which is that it can be easy. I just listened to the episode with the queer spawn, who's now a queer mom, and it was so great. I could have listened to her forever. And Jamie at the end of that said, right, it's never easy. And that's a theme. And in our case... It was easy, and there were no doctors or lawyers involved. We used a known donor. We inseminated at home. My wife and I are listed on our son's birth certificate as the parents. I was pregnant. I gave birth. We're the parents on the passport. Our donor, after after our son was born, completed a surrender form in which he identified himself as the biological father slash sperm donor and he surrendered the child to me and my wife that form was notarized so i I feel robin's uncomfortable no lawyers but the point is it can be easy and there's no extra extra money involved and you know we were lucky that we got pregnant easily so there you have it so thanks again keep up the great work that was good, right? First of all, I love that she said hi to Helen. I, I know. When she sent the email, she said, Helen, please give this to Jamie and Robin. And I near, I was like running around the apartment trying to show Mary, my wife. I was like, Mary, look at this. I thought that was so funny. So funny. Helen, and every time she gets a high, is like, ah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just something else I got to do. <laughs> now I got to say hi back. <laughs> oh, now I got to type an email. Ugh. You like the podcast. Great. <laughs> Well, but I, I loved I love that voice memo from that listener just because it is really nice. I mean, oftentimes it is hard, but it is nice a nice reminder that it doesn't always have to be hard and it doesn't always have to be expensive. And yeah. there are many success stories out there just like hers. True. It's very true. It doesn't have sad to be sad I called it a success story. That's sad. But I think just what it is is like we're prone to thinking that because we have so many people that are telling us hard stories. Right. But we also we have interviewed people who tell us how simple it was too. I mean, it, it's not as many, I guess, but I guess if you're going to come on a podcast to tell your story, you're going to have to have some kind of a, you know, but even like her story, I'd, I'd interview her too, you know, yeah, like it's just always all of these stories are, are valid and important to share. And thank you so much for sharing yours because I bet you there's hundreds of other lesbian couples out there, gay couples, LGBTQ couples out there who have a similar experience. So correct mundo. Correct mundo. Thank you. Ah, social. Well, let's let's thank our our. We got two new Patreon members. Two new Patreon members. We still are pa- never going to Patre- say it the same. Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Okay, Patreon. Well, all right. All these right. ones. Uh oh. No, we could do it. We. I, right. I. I just am afraid. Okay, so Kim Bay. That's what I would say, Kim Bay. Yeah, but I also it could be Bai. I. It's not Bai. But I think that's. <laughs> Bye. Like, can you imagine? That would be I'm amazing. sure some of her friends say that to her. Like, Kim, bye. And if your friends don't, Kim, they should. They should start that's right now. my new favorite way to say your name. Kim, bye. Yes. But we don't want to say bye to you, Kim, because we love you because you're our Patreon no, hello, member. Kim. 
Hello, Kim. Moving on. And? And Laura Mayerly. Mayerly. I don't think you can mess that up. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's Mayerly. But thank you, Laura. Thank you, Kim. I can't. We, we're just so thankful to you guys for, I mean, you are literally <laughs> helping us pay for this podcast. And so I we mean, thank literally, you. Literally. Thank yeah. you so much. If you want to join our Patreon community, help us make this show. And for bonus content, you're going to get video interviews of most of our episodes. And we drop them a day early, by the by. Without ads. Without ads. You're going to head to patreon.com slash ovaries talk. Become a member and you're going to get some bonus content. Yeah, worth it. Okay, let's talk about our (laughs) interview. I know I just got so like, I don't know what, 2000 something. Yes, queen. (laughs) Okay. I know. I've never pulled that off. I shouldn't try now. You really pull up a lot of the vernacular, I think. I do not. (laughs) The only thing, I still am using for shizzle and it's 20 years later. Shizzle's fun. I like that one. It was fun 20 years ago when it came out. Well, whatevs. Oh God, we're so old. I know. All right, let's let's bump this up to the top of our inbox, Jamie. Okay. Our guest is Melanie Vesey. Mm-hmm. She is a stand-up comic, a marketing and publicist powerhouse. Powerhouse. She's a survivor, mm-hmm. and she is funny as fuck, as the kids say. <laughs> there you oh, go. They again. just say AF. You don't oh, you don't pull off it. the vernacular, but you love to include it. That's all I'll I'm say. Better, about I, that. You know how I, I can pull it off <laughs> in writing, but not saying it out loud. Well, as long as you put as the kids say after it, I feel like it's okay. Well, that's what I do, because then I don't look. And then it's like, I'm in on the joke. I guess so. Yes, Helen, okay. we are going to we do are, the okay, interview. Helen, Helen, just chill out, as the kids say. Just roll, roll it, roll Helen. With it. No, roll with it, Helen. Roll with it. Roll somewhere, <laughs> Helen. Roll right out of my apartment. Melanie, come on in. No, she's, she's not coming in. We Everyone knows we already recorded this, Jamie. <laughs> roll the tape, Helen. Roll, Helen, wake up. Hello. Hi, Melanie. Melanie. Hi. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We have to tell our listeners that we have been going on about your fabulous hair for somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 minutes before we hit record. (laughs) It's really cool. It makes me think I need to cut my hair again. It's really awesome. But it's like a, it's it's kind of like a hot pink, but like, but it's like a subtle tone. It's it's like, it's called Sunset Orange and it's available on Arctic Fox. I do it myself. So don't, I, this is some kitchen hair. Good for you. No, it looks really good. I do, I do have it cut by my barber and I have a show this weekend. So I have like show hair right now, but. Melanie, I just realized the cuts in the side, it looks like a sunset. It's like a sun. Do you see? You see yeah. how wildly on brand I am, even you with my so own. You are so on brand with that <laughs> Arctic sunset or whatever it is. <laughs> we're, Arctic we're, just, sunset. we're just slightly um, jealous of you, is all it's and inspired. Fine. It's all good. It's all good. Well, we are going to start where we always start with you, which is the elevator mm. pitch. You think you're ready? I think I'm ready. I think okay. I'm ready. Okay. Even if you're not, it's happening. It is happening. Okay, great. All right. On your mark. Get set. Oh my God, no pressure. Okay, so I love that she's like holding up the phone and I'm just eating time here. Okay, Uh, I am not messy. I am a stand-up comedian. I'm an actress. Uh, I'm a businesswoman. I own my own company called Promotional Rescue. Uh, I am on this show because I also wrote, directed, and produced a fully functioning human. Uh, And that's why... (laughs) Uh, we're going to be talking about today how I got there because it is a pretty it's a pretty fucking good story. Uh, <laughs> I perform regularly all around. Uh, well, now I perform on your computer. Uh, you can get all that information <laughs> at MelanieVesey.com. Uh, my company, I, I teach people how to promote themselves without feeling gross. I have some amazing clients. I've worked with Maria Bamford and Grammy nominated rock stars, you know, ranging down to people who don't even have an Instagram. Uh, and you can get that at promotionalrescue.com. I perform weekly. Uh, anyway, and in quarantine, I am happily married with a beautiful, wonderful, amazing wife who is uh, a chef. That doesn't suck, huh? And uh, I have an amazing teenager. He's 15. He'll be 16 in December and he's learning to drive and he is wonderful. He's an amazing human. We're having a great time. I know uh, quarantine has been a challenge for a lot of people, but I'm actually uh, kind of enjoying uh, this time uh, with my life. So how did I do? Did I go over? Damn. (laughs) All right. So so you get the award for our longest elevator pitch coming in one minute and 27 seconds. Oh, my God. 
You packed so, so much, much in there that I'm not I mad at you think for that. You don't need us for this interview. I actually <laughs> think you could lead the entire thing. That's what I think. Okay, I well, I could. I'm a Virgo. Uh, I am, and uh, and hyper vigilance is a part of my trauma. So I totally oh could God, do this. this. Is yes. And I actually think we need to hire you <laughs> because we need your help. You just yeah. promoted yourself. I'm I mean, you you are I'm available. You are, Walk in the walk, lady. You just did some promotion mm. right there. Boom, done. It's all it's all in there. Yeah. I love it. There we go. Oh, Robin, Robin, tell everybody about that new promo code. Yes. California Cryobank. It's actually the sperm bank that we both used, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And they were so professional and they took such great care of us. Um, I highly recommend them because so do I. they've been helping the gay folks and the single women have kids for over 40 years. And they give us a top secret code for our listeners to use on cryobank.com. This, this is really good code. This is a really good deal. So if any of you are thinking of using a sperm donor to start your family, you need to write this down. Or type it into your phone. You know, mm-hmm. just like remember it. Are you ready? Yes. The code is OCT. 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 For, you know, for ovaries could talk. <laughs> I think they can manage to keep that in their brain because they're used to that code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, wait, wait, wait. Tell them what they get. What do we oh, get? Oh, okay, okay, get? okay. Here's what you get, Jamie. The promo code gives you free level two donor information subscription access for 90 days on their site. Ooh, that is so, so good. But wait, tell, what does it mean? What does <laughs> you it don't mean? even know. I've been telling you. Okay. It's $145 value and it gives you access to extended donor profiles. It lets you see childhood photos and adult photos for some of the donors. And it gives you access to their medical histories. You can read personal essays they've written, and they have something called Express Yourself. Express Yourself. Okay. Mm. Oh, stop it, Jamie. No, that's nice. That's nice, actually. And, and okay, tell them what Express Yourself is. What okay. Is All right. It's California Cryobank gives donors basically a blank canvas to express themselves. So there you're going to find original poetry, songs, essays, photographs, drawings, recipes, and anything else a donor can imagine to express his inner self. I mean, I know from personal experience that all of that stuff really help mm-hmm. really helps narrow down the options you have to find a great fit. That's how we found ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of all of these subscription benefits on cryobank.com, listen, guys, California Cryobank is simply, it is one of the best donor resources anywhere. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And as one of the largest sperm banks, they have like, what is it, like over 400 donors? Yep, yep, yep. And they have just such this highly selective screening process for donors. They do medical testing, psych screening, background checks. The donors have diverse backgrounds to choose from that you can search for easily on the site too. I mean, I feel like if you were looking for a trilingual sailor or an engineer that plays the sax, you'd be able to find them at California Cryobank. Okay, and which one of those did you search for, Robin? Okay, my lips are sealed, Jamie. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't. And if any of you out there are looking for donor (laughs) sperm, just go to cryobank.com, open a free account, and use the code OCT to activate your free subscription today. That's cryobank.com, C-R-Y-O-B-A-N-K.com. Oh, I made it into a song. We got to take it way back to the beginning. Okay. To... I don't know. How'd you make that kid? How'd yeah. you make that kid? He's 16. Let's start there. Oh my God. He's he's wonderful. So the story is so up and down and back and forth. And so I guess that's how you make a kid, right? Up and down and yeah. back and forth. Uh, well, some of us. <laughs> was, I wish I had like a boom boom. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring out the wait for this. I'm gonna bring out the Ooh. I hate I hate everything right now. Okay, so <laughs> unfortunately uh, for some of us lesbians, there was no up and down or back and forth no, in the I mean, making of our babies. A speculum, a, an emotional <laughs> up and down, back and forth. I don't know. Did you do up it on the first the, try? I don't know. That's I good. Mean, that's good. You're up right. and down the subway steps yeah. on the way to the clinic. <laughs> up and down the elevator to the doctor's yeah. office. Yeah. So I grew up in Michigan, in a suburb of Michigan in the 70s and 80s. I am a product of like some really good baby boomer upbringing. Um, (laughs) I never, I didn't see gay people on TV. We didn't have gay friends. I didn't know you could be gay. I was the last one to find out I was even gay uh, or bi or whatever it is I identify as these days. I don't even know anymore. (laughs) And it took me a very long time to come out. I did not know that when I would have sex with men and I would fake an orgasm and they would get up to go make a sandwich or take a shower and I would masturbate and think about women, that that was maybe a little gay. I had no idea. (laughs) 
Like, I think about that, and I was like, you were so far out of your body and mind. You were so not connected with yourself. And I just didn't know. Mm -hmm. And then the universe or higher power or God or whatever then put a New York City police officer in front of me that was very androgynous, butch, and I lost my mind. And I was like, I'm gay. I think I'm gay. I mean, it was literally like that moment was just like, I'm done. I've got to break up with my boyfriend. That's what I want. Because the crush was that powerful. Oh, my God. It was it was a struck by lightning you know, the, the 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 bottom fell out, the heart palpitations, you know, the whole thing. And I now recognize that feeling as danger. Um, oh, but for really? years, I thought that that was love at first sight. Do you wow. know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, so when I hear sometimes that people are like, oh, it was love at first sight. And, I, and then I hear that the relationship went south. And I'm like, you might be wired backwards where you mm. feel love as hate and you feel hate as love. Oh. And for me, th- those feelings that came up. And now, and now like I said, I'm, I'm happily married. And every once in a while, I have had those feelings where I meet someone that I'm like, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, hello. Yeah. And now, because I don't engage on those feelings anymore, I recognize as I get to watch and witness that person that that person is unhealthy and unstable. But that's what gets me off, right? So stranger danger between these two ears, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when I met her, I was like, I'm, I'm very much into this. And so we started dating. And like I said, she was a New York City police officer. And I, I'm a sober individual. I'm sober 26 years. Congratulations. Uh, and so, Congratulations. Thank you very much. And she was getting sober at the time, too. And then she decided to become an undercover narcotics officer, Uh-oh. which is duty. very scary. And the stuff that was happening was very scary. It was also, in my mind, that they were putting her in harm's way. She was clearly a very butch lesbian. And this was very scary for me. I mean, she was buying and selling drugs all day long. And this was when Rudy Giuliani was mayor. I mean, she was buying and selling drugs essentially for Rudy Giuliani every day. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was crazy. And I'm like, I, I got sober because I dated a drug dealer back then. Like, I don't want to I don't want to be in this life anymore. Wow. You know, so can I how old are you? You're in your 20s. Uh, I'm like 25, 26 mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. And so I broke it off with her because for the first time in my life, I put myself first. But then a year later, I got a random phone call from her. And she was like, I'm leaving the bar and I'm by your house and I want to come by. And I was like, sure. Right. Because we weren't we weren't mad at each other. But I was just totally like, "Okay." And I had this weird moving violation ticket for riding my bike on the (laughs) on the sidewalk. And I was totally like, "Hmm, maybe she could help me with this ticket. You know what I mean? So. I had this like reason to meet her, but it, during that meeting, she she shot me and uh, oh with goodness. her with her police issue uh, thirty eight. And as you can oh imagine, God. it was uh, hands down the worst thing that could happen. I mean, re- very 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 scary, very you know life threatening. I mean, Ugh. the trauma around that has been recovering from that trauma has been um, probably one of the hardest things. Oh my God, I could cry. I've ever done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was really, really, really hard. And Sheesh. from that moment on, I I then, you know, was in a few more relationships with other women. And the women that I was choosing were so, okay, first off, beautiful, stunning. I mean, just, <laughs> I that mean. That part was good. Models, you know, wow. rock stars, like just amazing. Like I was cute. It was the 90s. It was happening. I mean. It was, I feel blessed. I have, I have whatever, whatever, whatever thing up there was just totally like, we're going to throw you a couple bones. You know what I mean? And, like, you got shot. Here's a hot girl. Right? Yeah. So, but they were so unstable. I mm. mean, the heroin addiction, the, the uh. jealousy, the, the trauma, whatever it was, it was so painful that I questioned then my sexuality after that. Mm. I was like, maybe I'm not gay because clearly I'm doing this so wrong. Like these. Yeah. These women are literally trying to kill me. Like, literally. This isn't like a figurative, like, thing. This is like, this is so crazy. Do you think it, it was maybe your tra- your trauma was attracted to trauma? 150 billion yeah. percent. Yeah. It was, it, even though I was on the path of, like, self-discovery and recovery, I feel like whatever has been going on inside of me is so deep, so far, so wide, that even in those first couple years, because I was five years sober when I got shot. It's not like I was using at the time. 
And so if that can happen to me without drugs and alcohol, imagine what could have happened to me with drugs and alcohol, like in my life. Mm. And so I questioned my sexuality at that point and I opened it back up to men. And I love your phrasing. I opened it back up to men. (laughs) Melanie is open for men now. Yeah, I just, well, because for me, it was, in my mind, I felt like it would have been easier to be with men because I fall in love with women and not like Mm. I didn't love the man that I was with. It's just how hard, I mean, I would literally like, I mean, I don't know if you guys have, I mean, I would be with people where it's like, if we would fight, like I would get so sick that I would vomit. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the- the, I think like you you get emotionally invested with women so much easier. You don't get emotionally invested with men. You're, it, there's more of a... Yeah, I mean, I guess I just felt like... I, I I can't even really describe it. It's just that, like, I was... It was so deep and so, like, so intense with women that I was like, maybe I could just put a damper on this and then go back to dudes and it'll be easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it was a thousand times harder because I was trying to fix what was wrong with me on the inside with stuff on the outside. Yeah. And I met and fell in love with a, a, a cool guy who was a fashion designer. And I was like, I haven't been on birth control in 10 years and I want to have a baby. I was like, you know, 33 some odd years old, whatever. And I was like, and I want to have a baby. And he goes, me too. And so within a few months, I was wow. pregnant. Like it was just totally like, boom, there you are. And, and you weren't like, I need to be with you forever. You were just like, I want to have a baby, then we'll see what happens. Or you are going to stay with no, him. No, no. I was totally like in love yeah. with him. I was like, I, I could have a family with this person, yeah. right? So, and I was really, I've always wanted to be like a um, in a family, even though I look like a wild animal. <laughs> uh, I, I'm really kind of like, I'm. it's so funny, like with my other like, you know, children's parents, like I'm the most conservative out of all of them. I'm just totally like everyone is like and I'm like, listen, you got up, you know, and everyone's like, whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm the one with the hair and the tattoos and the, and the wife with a head tattoo. And like, I'm just like, listen, you guys, who knows what it's all about? But then it got so much worse. So he then he was a fashion designer and he went on Project Runway and won. He won Wait, season three of Project Runway. Can we say Runway. who it yes. is? Yeah, it's Jeffrey Sebelia, the guy with the big neck tattoo. So he's super cool, too. You guys are just like cool. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of cool to go around. It was a lot of cool to go around. And so we were, you know, Harrison and I were on the finale of Project Runway. We were there. You know, Tim Gunn came to our house and, you know, we were on the runway at New York Fashion Week and with Harrison. He was super little, like two years old. However, I have to say that when... Someone is not famous in April and they are then famous by September. Oh. Fame. Yeah. Whatever in your life is this big, fame makes it this big, right? I mean, like, it it just accentuates all the things that are going on with you. It puts them under a huge magnifying glass. And I don't know, and this is just my opinion, I can't speak for him, but that I don't know if he was ready for any of that. And I wasn't ready for any of it either. And then we broke up 10 days after he won Project Runway. Oh, oh my goodness. And, and I jokingly call it Project Runaway because that's what it really fucking was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have so much to talk to my better health therapist about this week. So much. Oh, my God. Like schools closing again uh-huh. and going back into lockdown uh-huh. and friends getting COVID. I mean, it's not a big deal. Not Jamie. a big deal at all. Such a big deal. Seriously, <laughs> I think Everyone is going through it right now. Ugh, we are, aren't we? Ugh. That's why BetterHelp is my favorite thing right now. Yeah. BetterHelp, guys, it will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating in under 48 hours. How amazing is it's that? It's really great. And it's not a crisis line. It's not nope. self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. And there is a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. It's really great. Oh, and you can log into your account anytime and you get to just basically send messages to your counselor. So you'll get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you're not ever going to have to sit in that annoying, uncomfortable waiting room (laughs) like in traditional therapy. I, I just messaged my therapist that we had to change times and it was so quick and easy. Yeah, it's really great. Listen, guys, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches. Listen to this. So they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you need. 
which is great. Oh, oh. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And we're all broke right now. Mm-hmm. And financial aid is available, which is great. It's for all of us. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Just visit their website and you can read their testimonials that are posted daily. Everybody loves BetterHelp. Yes. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OCT. That's better. H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. These are some trying times. We've got a special offer for our If These Ovaries Could Talk listeners. You're going to get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash OCT. Go get some help. You, Go everybody help. needs help. Everybody needs help. We need right help now. right now, Jamie. Betterhelp.com slash OCT, guys. Help yourselves. <laughs> I then was like, you know what? Like, if I'm going to be intimate with people that have whatever issues going on, I should be having the sex I want to have. So I went back to women and I was with a few more women after that. They progressively got better and better after that. Nicer and nicer, but some of them commitment issues, some of them not ready to be parents. And then I met my wife, who is wonderful. And now we've been together nine years and married six, domestic partners seven. And we're very happily married. And now she wants to have a baby. So we're, I mean, Plot twist. I, am I getting back on this train? I don't know. I'm almost 50. That's, that's a very <laughs> just... serious plot twist. Before we go to that train, stop. I have one question. When you were with the husband or the, you guys were never married. Were you married? No, we were never married. Baby daddy. Yeah. When you were with baby daddy, did the, your sexuality come out in any way? Like was, was there any repressed feelings during that whole time or was everything hunky dory? It would have been fine if Project Runway had never happened. God, that is like the million dollar question. Mm. I mean, I really wonder, I don't know. I mean, a part of me, like this literally just popped into my head. Like, had I been satisfied, like on all levels, I might have probably been able to be, although I'm backtracking now, I am, I am the dude in my current relationship, even though I'm, (laughs) I'm very femme, you know, I'm rings, I'm makeup, I'm outfits, I'm the whole thing. I take the role kind of as the man, like Mm. I am the breadwinner. I am a, I'm a stand-up comedian. So I'm usually with men all night long doing comedy and then sneaking in in the middle of the night. Like, I just feel like I, I'm very dominant. And my wife is also very, even though she's the butch one, she's very kind of quiet and just wants to be, she literally, <laughs> all she wants to be is like pregnant and barefoot and in the kitchen. Like that's literally like, but just with a shaved head and head tattoos. I you know that. what I mean? You so, can't judge a butch book by a its butch cover. By the you cover. can't there. judge a butch by their cover. You can't. <laughs> wait, wait. What, um, what, how do you identify right now? Do you put any, a label on it? It's so funny. I mean, I guess I guess I would say queer, but I guess I would also say, and I feel like for many, many years, I didn't identify as bi because I feel like people that were bi were very villainized for a long time. They were always the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, clearly you just want to be with everybody and clearly and da 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 And I just feel like my journey was more than just men and women. My My journey was about healing and about recovering from these things and for whatever reason, I needed these people in these specific gender spacesuits to come to me. And I'm glad that I had the ability to be with different kinds of people in different genders. So I think it's queer. I think queer is probably yeah. it, like all over the place. Although here's the thing. I am very turned on by gender reversal. I like women that look like men. I, and my and my baby daddy was a fashion designer, which is, you know, traditionally something that's a little bit more, Feminine, I don't know. if you will. Yeah, I don't know, whatever. And he had a very feminine side to him. And I love, you know, men that are dressed like women and women that are dressed like men. Like, I love the, the cross yeah. of it all. Like, that mm-hmm. that really gets me it's excited. It's definitely something like you're drawn to something that's just left of center in people, whether it's something like early in earlier days, darkness, but then like later, just differences or interesting. I don't know, like something like there's something in that. Yeah, I think that mostly what I want is I want the most rare of everything. Like, I want to make it hard on myself. (laughs) And so, like, I remember, you know, like, after I, you know, was with my baby daddy and I was with a a few other women, I was even engaged to a woman. And unfortunately, you know, she had some real mental health issues and we had to end our engagement. And I was crying, you know, boohooing, you know, to my friend. And she was like, Melanie, you don't need a million. You just need one. Like, you just need one person. But finding that one person, and for me, it felt like I was almost 40. 
It felt like it would be impossible to find that person. They have to be age appropriate. They have to have some sort of investigated self. They had to have some sort of some sort of recovery in them. I can't just be with a normie that doesn't understand what I fucking go through. Like they have to be cool with like a kid and they have to be kind of a of a switchy bottom. Like there, there's all these things that kind of had to go on. You know what I mean? That I'm just totally, how does that, how is that going to happen? You know, like it just felt impossible. And then my wife appeared and she literally checks all those boxes. And I'm, I couldn't be more kind of like, it is truly the sweetness that has come out of this very challenging life that I was doled up. You know what I mean? For many, many years. Wow. That was so much just happened. I know. Everyone's like, you should write a book. Yeah. You should m- make a movie. And I'm like, a, a, a girl, Work yes, fine, sure. If there's a producer out there, I have a story for you. Yeah. Well, I want to get into like about your, your, you said your son, he's 15. And like, how was that? You break up with your partner, your baby daddy. And then like, how mm-hmm. did, how was that? And you went back to women. Like, was that like, how did that all work? Harrison was two when all of that happened, and I was also very careful not to bring anybody by the house that wasn't going to be a permanent type fixture. And I really feel like kids don't have like, um, that's my opinion, don't have like a natural like, oh, well, girls can't be with girls and boys can't be like it was no it was no thing to him that I was just totally like, oh, this is mommy's friend and then mommy's friend would hang out for a while and then she was there more and then it was like I you know I'm in a relationship with this person and I was also very lucky to send him to schools that were progressive so it's not like the schools were weird about it I feel very lucky to live in a bubble I really do I'm actually grateful to live in a bubble that I would have to say that my journey of going in and out of the closet wasn't met with any anything adverse. Like I didn't have parents that were mad at me. I didn't have friends that were mad at me. I didn't have work situations that we like. Everything has always been cool. If anything, all of my drama has been between my ears. You know what I mean? Because you lived in an accepting bubble. Yes. You know what's sad about this is I didn't realize I lived in a, I mean, I knew I lived in a bubble, but I didn't realize how small that bubble was until this whole craziness that is you know who oh, happened and our president is that what you mean yes yes yeah, i was like is that the crazy i didn't want to say his name i know i don't want to give him airspace but yeah i had no idea well, it's so funny because i have family that unfortunately supports trump which is of course not my views but i remember talking to them early this was probably 2016 and i was very worried about trump becoming president and i literally had a family member be like but it won't affect you like you live in california like who the fuck cares yep and i was like But I am seriously worried about my brothers and sisters that live in Wyoming. I mean, who have my exact situation that there's a child involved, that there's a baby daddy and maybe a new marriage. And like, does that new partner get to be a parent or like, what if I go into the hospital or die? What like what what happens to those people out there? And I'm like. And it's that saying, like, I can't explain to you that you need to care about other people. Like, I can't believe I have to say that to be like you. I care yeah. about those people for whatever reason. And I'm just like, get out of your podunk town, like come to New York or L.A. or fucking because I'm originally from Michigan. And through mm-hmm. this process, I have watched, you know, the people, you know, the militia try and kidnap the governor, storm mm-hmm. the governor with with guns. And I'm like and. My wife, because I can pass. People don't know that I'm gay unless I tell them. I mean, mm-hmm. even though I have one fucking bitchy dykey haircut. Well, you just present as funky. Totally like, you really come off as like yeah, funky. You're punk. Yeah. You're cool. Yeah, they're just like, well, she's just, she's interesting. You know <laughs> what yeah. I mean? Like, probably they, they an would, artist. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily put like a gay or queer stamp on me. However, my wife has a big old gay face and <laughs> a gay <laughs> haircut and a gay flannel shirt on like she can't pass Mm -hmm. and when we go home to michigan she does not feel comfortable there and Mm -hmm. and that's really hard for me to watch and have to check in with her like how are you doing what's going on like because it's just the looks and then we don't hold hands we don't kiss we don't you know what i mean like and then our lives so i really do worry about those people that are in other places that don't have what i have well, and think about what could have happened to you like let's just say your ex wasn't understanding and you lived in a small town he could have taken your kid from you i mean that's like for the people who say 
that it it doesn't matter mm. that's not happening to you. You live in your bubble. But like, mm. like, what if you move? Mm. Mm. It, it worries me to my core. And I am doing everything I can to try and protect those people by voting or whatever. Or, And I also believe in visibility, which is why I am on the internet, why I talk openly about being queer, why I talk about in my comedy special being married and the challenges and going in and out of the closet. And like, I believe that if somebody can see me and see that it's possible for someone who looks, acts and experiences someone who is just like me, that that means that it can happen for them. I didn't know I could be what I am until I saw it little by little by little by little. So I feel like visibility is very, very, very important. Yes, to show so people. important. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. Hundred percent. We got to show all aspects of ourselves out there, yep. so the rest of the world yeah. can see. Yeah. It. And unfortunately, for the, like the the podunk towns, like you're saying, like they it needs to be normalized. They need to see that we're just like raising our kids, and we're you know like we're trying to homeschool just like you are. It's like we're all doing yeah. the best we can. Maybe we yeah. don't call them podunk towns. Maybe we just call them you know small sometimes. towns. <laughs> But I'm from a podunk town. So it's like, I we love you, podunk I, town. I, like, I'm from it. I like, that's where I grew up. It's like, I, you know, I get it. Yeah. Visibility matters. Yeah. Bottom line. So it's so great that you're doing this completely, yeah. that you are being you and you are out and proud and showing it to the world. Yeah. And th- that it's also like, I'm also out about the messiness of it. Because I feel like not everybody just comes out. Mm-mm. Right. And even if they come out easily, and then like I, I recently had two friends, she was gay and he was straight. And then she fell in love with him. And then he got with her. And then he came out as bi. I mean, so it was like everybody. And I was like, sometimes it's just not this clear, straight line that you just come out and you're out and that's it. My journey was so emotional and up and down and, and in and out and all <laughs> kinds of craziness. And... I, and I really feel like you can have a I we are lucky enough that you can have a little bit of a of a of a messy journey. I hope I hope that people can to, to whatever it is that needs to happen in their life because it comes. I love you. that you're saying this yeah. because it's it's super important what you're saying, because we just did an Instagram. We asked a question on Instagram asking when did you know you were LGBTQ? And so many people answered. Did you read these answers, yeah, Robin? Yeah. Some of these? I knew I was four, but then I didn't come out till I was 14. And then I didn't really come out again until I was 27. And it, it, you're right. It's messy. And everybody needs to know that everybody went through. I mean, we all know we went through something to come out because it's not the mm. norm and it's a scary thing to do. But mm. that there are all these similar stories. You're not alone in how messy it was for you right. and how... Mm how varied it is for all of us. And I think it's really mm. important. That's a good point. Agreed. Well, and it's funny because my my wife came out young at 13. My wife is also 18 years younger than me. So she got more. I know. I know. Yay. It's crazy. She she had more visibility. So she was like out with a mohawk at 13. You know what I mean? And I was like, had I known? And then it's so funny because we look at pictures of me as a young girl and I had this short hair and she was like, how did you not know with this fucking dyke ass haircut? (laughs) I think people say that to Robin a lot. Well, I feel like also too in the Midwest, there are women that look like fucking dykes. Thank you very much. They're not. My haircuts in upstate New York. I'm sorry. Every single girl had those haircuts. Like I, yes. like, I, I can tell you the moment sitting in the chair where the woman was like, "You know what we need to do? Let's just take this up over your ears, but we'll leave it long in the back, and we can perm it." And I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "That." She oh was like, "Look God. how good this looks." Mm. And everyone had that haircut. Everybody did. That wasn't anything. Yeah. Now me playing football, yeah. that's a different thing. But like, I'm just saying. For me, so I remember the moment I realized that I wanted to look the way that I, which I currently look, which is that I saw Annie Lennox Uh, in the Sweet Dreams video where she was in the safety orange Uh buzz cut Uh with a man's suit. She was sitting on a fucking conference table with a riding crop. And I remember just a part of me just like woke up and was like, that's what I want. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I mean, now I and now I have orange hair and I wear men's suits all the fucking time. Like I, I like, oh, my God, I love that so much. But I didn't know I could take action on that. And I remember I went to the 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 beauty parlor or whatever. And I was like, I want a safety orange buzz cut. And I had brown hair to my waist. And they were like, you don't you want so that. You look so pretty, honey. You look so pretty. 
Hey, Robin, you know what? What, Jamie? Our listeners who listen to this podcast most likely have had a baby the gay way or mm-hmm. are thinking of having a baby the gay way. Would you would you would you say I'm, I'm correct? In I that? would say you are correct on that. I, I would too. And and if that's true, you're gonna need a little assistance to make that happen. Which is why mm-hmm. modern fertility is one of my favorite new things. Modern fertility can help you get ready without having to book at least at least one of those doctors. At least one, Jamie. I mean, yeah. possibly more. Because mm-hmm. for many women, their fertility, it's just a big question mark. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. Modern Fertility is an easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home. And it's just like a simple prick of the finger. And then you just <laughs> mail in a prepaid label and you're going to get personalized results in 10 days, Jamie. It's faster mm-hmm. than your COVID test, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but listen, also traditional testing, and we know this, with your doctor, it can cost over $1,000. Mm-hmm. But Modern Fertility, listen up, only costs $159 to get the same what? exact information. And guys, if you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT, you're going to get $20 off your test. Oh, and also you insurance nerds like myself, if you've got an HSA or an FSA, you can use those bucks on Modern Fertility. That's amazing. Uh-huh. And with Modern Fertility, you're also going to get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. So the results just go in-depth into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse, and they're going to review the results and the options and the next steps for you. How amazing is that? It's really great. So if you want kids today, or you maybe want them one day, you need information to make the decision that is best for you. Mm -hmm. Right now, Modern Fertility, listen, you guys, you are going to get $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT. And that means your test will be $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it could cost at a doctor's office that's a lot it is get twenty dollars guys off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash oct modernfertility.com slash oct modernfertility.com slash oct i think we should do every ad in that voice from now on (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about you you brought your you brought your new wife in your son Mm -hmm. was how old at the time So I think by the time her and I got together, he was about four or five. So there was like a a good two or three years where I was dating other women and what have you in between. So he had time to get used to mom has relationships with women, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. a big deal to him anyway. So Mm -hmm. that was easy. Mm -hmm. Then then your wife comes into the picture and she stays. Now, what Mm -hmm. does that look like? What what does your family look like at that point? Well, I mean, we met and I didn't know I didn't know her age. She's got an older face and I thought she was in her 30s and she thought I was in my 30s and she was 21 and I was 39. And I, in the beginning, I was like, you're going to like, like, how could you even be someone that's available? Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, you're going to be banging someone on the West side. Like, you're a hot mess. You're a child. You know what I mean? Like, I was just totally like, but my wife has always wanted a family like she is one of those people that has known that she wants to be married and have a child Mm. i'm one of those people that like i wanted that but it's never been like front burner like i've always been super career oriented um and i i I never really i was never one of those people like can i hold your baby like i've never (laughs) been one like i don't want to babysit your kids like i'm never i'm not I'm not the person that just wants to hang out with other people's children. I'm a very good mom, but I I just assumed that it wasn't going to be anything real. And then she turned out to be the sanest, most stable, wonderful human I- I've ever met. And our age has has never not once been an issue. It's never amazing. Even when I even when I mention stuff, even or if she doesn't know it's something, I'm like, do you know? Like there'll be references or something on TV. I'm like, do you know what they're talking about there? I don't make her feel bad about it, but she also like on our first date we went to go see Harold and Maude, which oh, is very hilarious. I love that movie. But she already knew what it was because I was like, we're gonna go see Harold and Maude. Do you want to go see it? I was like, you probably don't know what that is. She was like, oh no no, I totally know what it is. So she's always been older in her life, also hanging out with older people, and I've always gravitated towards. Anything young and hip at any age, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So we just kind of meet in the middle. And uh, she's lovely and wonderful. I literally can't be more. Lo- the only fight we have is is who lucked out more. Oh. And it's me. I, I mean, how she has to fucking deal with all my fucking baggage. You oh. know what I mean? Like You're a good wife for saying that. I think we all have to say that. that the <laughs> Especially other one- when the microphone is on. Yeah. So obviously <laughs> she came into the picture and was really great with Harrison. 
Yes, and they still are great. And I think the reason why she just instinctively is great with children and because she's younger, she understands his video games. They play video games together. And she's also a representation where it's like, she was like, I grew up playing video games. It didn't ruin me. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I'm not sitting in my mom's basement with a, in a diaper. You know what I mean? Like she's like, I am, I am, you know, she makes great money. She's in a, you know, a chef at a restaurant. She is a well-adjusted person and she played video games growing up. So she can relate to him in a way and also be a great example that like, hey, you can have this life that has, you know, video games and other things and whatever, and you can follow your passions and dreams. And she's just fantastic with him and always has been. Great. So it seems like it was just like a seamless yeah. joining. It was like, I think the universe was like, this chick needs a break. Yeah, it's, it's been time. 10 years of getting fucked pretty bad. Why don't we throw her a bone? You know what I mean? It sounds like you did yeah. a lot of personal work to get there is what it sounds like to me. A lot. Who gets to decide if you have a second? Like, how's that going to go? Well, I mean, when we when we first got together, which was, you know, almost 10 years ago, I totally was like, I want more children. I absolutely want more children. But it was like, you know, a lot has happened since then. You know what I mean? It was like jobs and we had to move. And I mean, the collapse of things, you know what I mean? There's been so many challenges. And it's like, you know, when you're a straight person, the sperm is just flying around everywhere. Like it's in your, it's in the drapes, it's in your hair, it's on the carpeting. You know what I mean? Like it's just everywhere. But when you have to be somebody that needs sperm, it's like, oh, do you have an extra $10,000 laying around? You know what I mean? And We had even gone down a road of like, because I have half brothers asking one of my half brothers and that went south and didn't didn't work out. And then why did it go? Wait, why did that go south? Um, It was one of those things where it's like I asked my brother and I said, look, you know, this is a very intense question. You can totally say no. He was totally on board and he was like, yes, yes, yes. And then he didn't return my call for three years. Like it was just. (laughs) Oh, my God. I it was like one of those things where I was like, and I was like texting and Facebook message. I was like li- email. I was just totally like literally. You don't like just you don't you don't you have know, to do try it. And you could have said no. You could have said yeah. no. You didn't have to ghost me, right? Yeah, I I feel like honesty really at the end of the day sometimes can be very challenging for people, yeah. and I feel like standing in your truth. Yeah, I exactly or letting someone down. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and I, I can't really speak for him and I don't exactly know what happened, but it really, it was very hard on us. And, you know, it was also very hard on me to just like have this person just like not talk to me for fucking three years. He later apologized. We've even maybe thought of asking just a friend, you know what I mean? A, a gay guy. But then it's like, it's super heavy because we have asked some people and then it really trips out their brain knowing that there's going to be a child out there because we don't want them involved. Yep. You know, you can exist, but you're not. There's no weekends with you. There's no. Uh, it's I, not even like uncle. It's not even like no yeah, relationship. Like, yeah, we don't like we don't. Uh, yeah. We just we want it to be our baby, and that's the way it would be. And but it's trippy to ask someone that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we really do feel like we would probably have to go the way of a, a sperm bank or what have you. But then it's just totally like, well, you know that money. And you know, like I said, my wife got this really great job. It was just a year ago, and then it was like we went into the pandemic, yeah. and we're just totally. Well, and money is like, we're actually doing well right now. I mean, not horribly. I mean, but it's like, is this going to run out? Like, I mean, you just like, is, is there ever a good time to do this? Not sure. You know, and we're also thinking about moving back to New York when my son is uh, 18, because I don't love LA and I would, I, I've, I've had an apartment there since 1995. So I really want to move back to New York. Oh, still here? Yes. So I don't know. We're really just taking it one day at a time with the baby thing. It's just something that my wife really wants. And I would love to be there for her. And I also realized that I was like, oh, well, then I'll be the dad. Is that a good thing? Well, because I've been the mom (laughs) to my son, which is like when you're the mom, you're the mom. You know what I mean? You answer all the questions. You send all the emails, all the doctor's appointments, all, you know. The, the the files you know his 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 you know taxes and the 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 vaccinations and like the mom the mom handles it right I, <laughs> now I have a wonderful partner my amazing wife and my baby daddy doesn't completely suck at this but doesn't handle any of that stuff looking at schools going to schools applying essays thing like filling out forms everything with this that is all 
fucking me, the yeah, mom. Because right? you started out as the only soul mom. Yeah. You, it's right. like it's like your your world is is very heteronormative as a yes. parent. And it's so funny because we talk so much about how in our relationships there is no mom, there is no dad, there's all these everybody roles are who does what and who does it best. And it's it's so interesting because your experience is over here and it might be completely different than what you expect because you two would be equal. Yeah. So when you say you get to be the dad, you just mean that you're basically you're not going to be like soul mom, soul. Right. Well, part of me is just totally like, I don't know. She'd probably be handling a little bit more than I would. (laughs) Well, and by the way, let's be honest. Only if she wants to and you don't want to, because if you've been doing it and you're good at it and you want to do it, you'll still keep it. Okay, so now I'm learning more because I'm just totally like a part of me was like because I was on the phone, you know, with my really good friend who's also kind of like my mentor. And she was like, because I was trying to frame this in my mind because I was very challenged by this. I was like, God, what if like she doesn't get pregnant for like another two or three years? I'll be 53. Mm-hmm. Like a part of me was like, what the fuck? Yeah. What is that? Like, I'm done. I've landed the plane. I delivered my fully functioning human out into the world. Like, am I am I fucking fully walking up to pre-K again? Like, is that? <laughs> and the twos. Yeah. The and twos. I'm just and totally. Bottles, like, well, here's the thing. Diapers. I, and I well, and for me. I never had a problem with my kid. I didn't have the terrible twos. I didn't. It's really been a love in the entire oh, time. You had a good one. I really did. He's you better than that. He's you watch out for that okay. second one. Well, now what I'm hoping is, is it'll just be another first one because it's hers. You know what I mean? Like, so, but what I, what I'm mostly afraid of is I just don't want to fucking deal with other parents. I th- yeah. I fucking hate talking with other parents in the fucking playground. Listening to their fucking bullshit ideas about whatever. Like, I don't, I, uh, I know. I got no, I got no small talk for you, bitch. And I will put you in my comedy special is what I'll do. You and your fucking ideas. You know what I mean? Yesterday, this mom dropped off a kid to visit my daughter. And we were literally like, all right, see you in an hour. And I looked out the window and she was just sitting at the museum across the street from my apartment. And I said to Mary, I said, are we like really awful people? I mean, it's like COVID, so I don't want her in my house. But I was like, let's be honest, even if it wasn't COVID, I don't want her here because I don't want to have to talk to her. And we kept looking out the window at her. And I was like, I think we are bad people. And I was like, we're shut down. Like, we're not friendly. I I just like, I I just, I would do anything to not have a a play date. Like, I don't ever want to be on another fucking play date. I just, I know I like the kids. I like the kids. I like drop the kids off, then go. I'm just totally like, God, f- fucking, uh, there's, people are psychos. I really have a hard, I really have a hard But time. so this isn't your first rodeo. So you know that you're not going to get bamboozled into yes. talking to a mom on the playground because you're already guards up. You're like, I'm yeah, going to stand I'm over totally- here. Keep the, mm-hmm. keep the, Air- the AirPods in and just be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to work call. Yeah, I'm just like, it was good to see you. So good to see you. Yeah. So when I was talking with this friend and I was trying to frame this in my mind because I was struggling and my friend was like, but Melanie, men have been doing this since the dawn of time. You're just going to be the old dad. You're that's what you're going to be. I was like, yes, I'm the dad. And then I was like, great. I can fucking frame that in my mind. Like, I'm just like, I can be absentee. I got this. I totally. Yes. But but here's the thing. But because I could never be that, I would still be doing a thousand times better than just the absentee dad. Like, like, like literally my mom was married four times by the time I was 10. You know what I mean? I've had like 800 dads and I've seen some fucking dads and dads are terrible. You know what I mean? Like, you're just. I'm sorry if there's any men listening. I just know that I, at my kid's Boy Scout troop, okay, I was a den mother, okay, because none of the dudes would fucking step up. They were always in the back on their fucking phones, Mm. and I had to wear the outfit and the thing and coordinate (laughs) and, like, at a Boy Scouts, show up. They couldn't show up. I think maybe the queer dads who possibly listen to this podcast aren't those kind of dads. No. Oh, my. I would kill for a queer dad. Yeah. I would would kill for a queer dad at, at Boy Scouts. Basically, you're going to be a queer dad. That's great. You're going to be very involved, Uh, but you're just not going to the playground. It's going to be a new journey that is going to give me plenty of material is what it's going to do. I feel like we're going to need, once some decisions are made and some processes happening, we're going to need you on our live stream to come in and talk about where things are at. Perhaps we bring bring in the wife. Yes. 
She won't say a word. That's great. She's so quiet. I mean, she's just the perfect person for me because I, I'm like, in the room, there is no room for anybody else but the me <laughs> and this stupid fucking haircut. You know, like, it's just... <laughs> it's not stupid. Amazing. It's not stupid at all. And also, I want to say, and you know this already, but it's never the right time. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I, I know that. But there is the part of me where I'm just totally like, God, is it so fucking irresponsible I mean, things feel pretty extra. Yes, true. Like, true. and you're just totally like, I, I don't know, is another, is a second wave coming? And then will she go back to work? And then I'll, well, I take care of the, like, what? Yeah. How's right. that going to work? Right. And then I have my own business and comedy. Do we then have a person? Like, I, I'm just totally like, I don't know how it's, and I've always been somebody that was very hands-on with my son and didn't want somebody else there constantly, you know, with my child. So I really feel like that I would love to keep that going, right? But if we're both working, I don't know how that's all going to happen. But or again, like Jamie said, you know, you'll figure it out. You've done this. You figured yeah. all that shit out before. You'll figure it out again. God, so exhausting. It is. It so is exhausting. Very exhausting. But it's more exhausting to be in that space where you don't know. I think that's more exhausting than actually making a decision and going forward in some ways. Yeah. But I will say, as a as a mom in her 40s of a two-year-old, it's fucking exhausting. Oh, my God. So tired. Once that baby comes. I go to bed so early. Yeah. I mean, I'm tired now. I mean, I look, I have this arm brace on because I, like... I'm falling apart. I, like, this is not time for more. You know what I mean? Like, this is... I have so many arm braces. Robin makes fun of me. Oh, my God. Hilarious. Melanie, I just want to say it was so wonderful. And I love that you came mm-hmm. and told us your story. And, like, this was incredible. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. You're awesome. I can't wait to hear it all turns out. But you're a publicist, and so you know you have to tell everybody everything about where they can get you and find you and all that business. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, MelanieVessi.com is always, you know, I, pref- I have a weekly comedy show called the Antidepressant Comedy Hour because uh, it will it's free, like your meds. You know what I mean? Like you need <laughs> serotonin and I'm your dealer. And so uh, that's every Sunday night of a comedy special on Amazon. I'm also on Amazon for Laugh After Dark. So all that stuff's at MelanieVessi.com. What's the comedy special called on Amazon? Wild Animal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your next hair color. Yeah. And then my company, Promotional Rescue. I, like I said, I teach people how to promote without feeling gross. Thank you so much for yeah. coming. We had the best time. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, you guys. Oh my God, I'm dying to know if she has another kid. Mm. I wonder how that dad thing's going to work out for her too. So she's many gonna things. She's going to end up taking over everything. <laughs> oh yeah. That dad she's... thing is not, that's not, she's doing it all. She's, she's gonna be on the she, she does not strike me as someone who cannot do stuff. But I'm I don't also, know. I just am like so torn over and like any other listeners who've gone through this, you need to hit us on the social media, but like to have an older kid and then go back to bottles and being woken up at night. Like, I don't know that I could do that. Oh, my God. One of my closest friends, she was a grandma, and then she had a baby. Oh, no. And she's having another one. So, Jennifer, hit us up. Tell us how it's going. Yeah, she's I just, don't know. I don't Maybe know how you're she wiser it. and older, and it, you take it easier, but I don't think I would be able to. I would just be like, I'm tired. I don't know. It's I can't even imagine going back, and I'm still potty training. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Still. Ugh. Okay, folks. Our book is out now. If these ovaries could talk, the things we learned about making an LGBTQ family, it's available at all major retailers. And Jamie and I keep talking about this new thing we learned about is that if you buy it on Amazon, the Kindle form for just like another five bucks or so, you get the audiobook version. And then you can like seamlessly go back and forth between print and audiobook, which I think is really toggle. cool. Toggle. Yeah. One toggle, of my if you words. will. You can toggle. Vacillate. If That's you will. not one of my favorite words. I'm going to name my dog Toggle. Toggle this. And don't <laughs> when you're done toggling, don't be afraid to rate and review the book on Amazon or Goodreads or on Google. Any of those reviews really, really help us. So we would appreciate that. Yes, please. Thank you so much. And you know what? Let's keep this conversation going, as we like to say, as the kids say. Join us as on the, the kids social. Say. Ovaries Talk on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Facebook. If These Ovaries Could Talk on YouTube, where you're going to see all the recordings of our live streams that we do every Thursday at 4 p.m. on Facebook. So if you're actually free at 4 p.m. Eastern time, head to our Facebook page and you can see us be just like Idiots. we are right now. Idiots. And <laughs> but we, I love it because you can come in and you can ask us questions and it's live. It's it's more interactive, which we yeah, love. So you can we can talk to you and that's that's really fun. And then we get to know you and it's it, it becomes a party. <laughs> and then sometimes we... <laughs> We even bring guests in, and that's always and fun. And cocktails. Too. And sometimes, what? sometimes what? cocktails. Some, what? Depending on how the day has gone. 
Anyway, Which okay. is generally speaking. And then you can also support the podcast and join our community on Patreon at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. That's where you're going to get your bonus, bonus content. As if Facebook Lives are not bonus enough. I know. <laughs> and one more big, big shout out to Generate Life Sciences for joining us and coming on board as an advertiser. And like we said, you're going to hear from them for the next few weeks. So it's exciting. And thank really you to cool. all of our yeah. patrons. Thank you again to Kim Bay and Laura Mayerly. We really appreciate you guys Bye. and all the rest of our patrons. And I think we've rambled enough. Oh my People God, need to get have. back to their days. I hope you enjoyed this time. <laughs> now it's time. I keep going back to that. Anyway, do it, do okay. it, do it, do it. To say goodbye. Eggs. To all our LGBTQ Ovaries. Out. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans. Goodbye, gays. LGBTQ LMNOP <laughs> If these ovaries could talk They would say Eggs, ovaries, out